You're listening to Coaching for Leaders. This is episode number 41, airing on June 11th, 2012. Produced by Innovate Learning, maximizing human potential. Welcome to Coaching for Leaders. This is the show for leaders who want to improve themselves so they can better engage and develop others. Whether you're a seasoned leader or leading people for the first time, improving your leadership skills will drive your success, and most importantly, the success of others. This week's topic, how to stop abusing PowerPoint. Well, hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Coaching for Leaders. This is Dave Stahoviak, and I'm coming to you from our studio out here in Orange County, California. And this is our very final episode on presenting and speaking more effectively as a leader. And if you've been listening to this series uh, since uh, we started a few episodes ago, you know that uh, I'm a big believer in leaders being able to get their message across in a very clear concise and understandable way. And if you are leading, you need to be able to present and speak to people effectively. And so that's what we're trying to do in this series. If you are just joining us for the very first time, welcome. So glad to have you as a listener to Coaching for Leaders and hope you'll go back and even enjoy some of the previous episodes on speaking and presenting. And, you know, as I thought about this topic today on how to stop abusing PowerPoint, I was thinking about all of the times that I've seen people use PowerPoint, oh, just not so effectively. And you have seen it. it and tell me if you've seen something like this happen to you in the past. You've shown up for a meeting or you've shown up for a presentation or you've um, been sitting and watching someone give a presentation and uh, you see them get up to get their presentation started and they get up and they're trying to get their PowerPoint slides loaded onto the computer. They're trying to get the LCD projector and the screen and the settings right and it's not working. And uh, they are fiddling with the computer. They're fiddling with the remote. Uh, they're trying to get the file imported from the flash drive or off of email. It's not opening right, or the slides go down, or the light goes down on the LCD. And the presenter looks like a deer in headlights. And they spend four or five minutes trying to get everything up and running. And they finally do get it running. And as they start their PowerPoint presentation, they uh, they begin with that title slide. And as they go to the second slide, the slide is just filled with information. There's tons of writing on there. There's paragraphs of information. And they start reading the slides to you. Uh, they read the first slide. They go to the second slide. They read that slide. The whole time they're presenting, they're talking to the slides. They occasionally look back at the audience. And anytime someone asks a question about something in their presentation, they go back to the keyboard. They hit ESC. They get out of the slideshow. They go back five slides. They go back to the slide where the answer is. Uh, they click on that slide. They bring it back up. And then they try to address the question based on what's on the slide, and they point to where the answer is on the slide, and they even read that piece to you again. And if you've seen this happen, and I bet you have, it is 
maddening to watch. And it is not an effective use of presenting well. It is a disaster. And someone who I think has just captured the humor in this so well is a gentleman named Don McMillan. And he does uh, humor and stand-up comedy around people and technology. And I'm going to be putting a link in the show notes to this wonderful three or four minute video where he just makes fun of people who abuse PowerPoint. So you have to go to the Coaching for Leaders website, coachingforleaders.com, and be sure to look up episode number 41 because you'll see the video embedded in there and you have to watch it. It will make you laugh. And it will make you laugh because we've all seen it. We have this wonderful tool available to us as leaders and presenters and communicators today called PowerPoint. And there's some wonderful things about PowerPoint. It is easy to use. It is uh, very inexpensive. I mean, after you've purchased the software, and most people have it, especially in the business environment, you know, you, you purchase it once. Uh, the only thing you're investing in is your time. So you can get it, you can pull it up, and you can start using it right away. And most people, uh, even start their presentations, just opening up a PowerPoint file and starting to write their presentation. And, uh, and, and there's some bad things about PowerPoint too, and I've just highlighted some of them. If we get way too pulled into what our PowerPoint slides look like and the colors and the animations and all those things that we're doing, and we forget sometimes as leaders that we are there speaking in front of the audience to give a message and to influence. And if you're not there to influence, then you shouldn't be in front of the room in the first place. So today, I'm going to give you a number of tools and resources that will hopefully help you to utilize PowerPoint the right way and to stop abusing PowerPoint. And as you're listening to today's show and you have questions or comments or even feedback on anything I say, or if there are things you'd like to add in further to the conversation, there's several ways that you can contribute. You can call our listener uh, community feedback hotline. That's at 949-38-LEARN, and you can leave a message there for us. You can also email to feedback at coachingforleaders.com, uh, but by far the best way is to engage us in conversation right on our website on the show notes for this episode. Just go to coachingforleaders.com and take a look for episode number 41 of the show, and you'll see a place if you go to the show notes and then just scroll down a little further, you'll see there's a place to add in comments, and you can join the conversation about how we can all stop abusing PowerPoint. So rule number one with how to use PowerPoint effectively is the best PowerPoint is one you don't need. Let me say that again. The best PowerPoint is one you don't need. And that's the first thing I ask folks when they ask me uh, whenever I'm doing presentation coaching or working with any leaders on their communication, they'll say, is this PowerPoint good? Tell me about, you know, do I have the slides right and all that? And the first question I always ask is, do you need the PowerPoint to give the presentation? And if the answer is yes, then I spend a lot more time asking questions about why they need the PowerPoint. Because in reality, if you need the PowerPoint to give the presentation, then the PowerPoint has probably become the presentation. It's not supposed to be that way. It's supposed to be the other way around. You, 
as the leader, as the person in front of the room, you're supposed to be the presentation. You're supposed to be the person who's there to add value, to make that personal connection with the audience, to be the person that is there to actually inform. And a PowerPoint or any visual aid that you would use, PowerPoint, video, anything, is there to add value to the presentation. Not to be the presentation, just to add value. So what that means is is the PowerPoint shouldn't be able to stand alone. And you should be able to give a presentation without it. That's the very first question to ask yourself if you're wondering if your PowerPoints are effective. You should be the main source of the message, not the PowerPoint. And the reason I say that is because it is so easy these days, because there is so much you can do with technology, to have the entire presentation become what's on the slides or even what's sent out over email. And in reality, if you can do that and you can actually capture all of the value that should be on the slides and you can send that over an email, then just do that. No need to assemble a group of people together and have a presentation. If I can see everything I need to see about what the presentation is about on a few slides, send me an email and save me the 45 minutes of having me come in as an audience member to your presentation and having to listen to you read me the slides of the same thing that I can see on the screen. So rule number one is, does the PowerPoint add value? And here's a great example of something I saw recently that I think will really be helpful to our audience to determine when you need to use PowerPoint and whether it actually adds value. And I was uh, watching a couple months ago online, I think I may have even mentioned it in an earlier episode, there's a great TED Talk. Uh, TED Talk, by the way, TED Talks are just wonderful presentations. I've talked about them here on the show before. Uh, They're online. You go to TED, I think it's TED.com. You can go online, just search for TED Talk on Google. And you can see there's these, you know, 10 to 20 minute presentations about all kinds of different topics from people who are experts in their fields. And many people utilize PowerPoint slides as well, but presenters do a really good job of using PowerPoint fairly well, who are TED presenters. And one that I saw that was wonderful recently was a talk that was given by Susan Cain, who is the author of a new bestseller called Quiet, The Power of Introverts in a World That Can't Stop Talking. It's a wonderful book, by the way. I'm reading it right now. And in fact, she has agreed to be a guest on this show coming up here in a couple weeks. So you're going to get to know her intimately. Um, But I mention her because she gave a TED Talk a couple of months ago. And the thing that I loved about Susan Cain's TED Talk is it is one of the best that I have seen in the last few years. It's a captivating, invigorating 20-minute presentation about introverts and also extroverts and personality type in the workplace and personally. And you know what is amazing about her PowerPoint slides is that there aren't any. It's a wonderful 20-minute presentation of her telling stories and giving examples, and there's no PowerPoint slides. And I love it because it's a great example of someone giving a presentation that did not need PowerPoint, did not need any visual aids, and she made the choice not to include them. And that's something that I hope and wish for every leader out there is that as you're thinking about putting together a presentation is do you really need the PowerPoint slides? Um, And unfortunately, um, I don't know what it's like in other parts of the world. So those of you who are outside of the States who listen to the show here, I'd really love to hear your comments on our comment section on the website. Uh, But I know at least in corporate America, 
it has become the expectation that if you are going to come in and give any type of presentation, that you are going to have a PowerPoint file with you. And um, to the extent that uh, when I show up to give presentations to clients or training or to give a workshop, uh, I, the first question almost always that people ask me is, you know, how many slides do you have? And there's always the assumption that I'm going to come up with slides. And for the most part, when I'm speaking, I, I will sometimes have just one or two slides or uh, often I won't have any slides at all. And people don't get that. <laughs> they really do not. Uh, it's like, what do you mean you don't have any slides? You, uh, are, are, you, are you prepared? You know, people will look at me strange. And it, we just have such this expectation in corporate America right now that in order to present anything of value, there has to be a PowerPoint slide behind it. And it's just not true. Now, it is true that PowerPoint does help many presentations to be more effective, but it is not true that by just putting something on PowerPoint, you're going to communicate an effective message. So that's the first question to ask yourself. Do you need the PowerPoint? If you do, and it really is going to add value to what you're saying, by all means, utilize it and utilize the wonderful technology that we all have access to. But if you truly don't need it, and you could give the presentation without it, and it's not really going to take anything away, you then get the benefit of the audience really focusing on you because the minute you put up a PowerPoint or any other visual aid, you automatically take the audience's attention off of you. Now, another great guideline for how to really communicate with the audience and to make sure the presentation doesn't just become the PowerPoint is to talk to the audience, not to the slides. And this is probably one of the things that I see people do so often, and I mentioned it in my introduction, is you'll see someone get up, they've got 30 slides, uh, they've got 45 minutes to present, and they'll get up and they'll start reading the slides to the audience. And worse, they'll uh, turn <laughs> to face the slides that the audience has seen, and you won't even see the presenter's face most of the time because they're actually turned and looking at the slides and reading them to you. So this is this is troublesome for so many reasons. One is you never actually make a connection with the presenter. Secondly, and I mentioned this earlier, that if really the value of the presentation you could just capture on the slides and what's written there, then why have the presentation in the first place? Just send out the slides on email and save everyone on your team or whoever you're presenting to the time and the resources um, of having to sit there and actually listen to you. And Third, and probably most importantly, it's insulting to the audience to sit there and read something that they can read perfectly well and, in fact, are reading faster than you can talk. So they're already at the end of the slide when you're only halfway through, and I don't care how fast you talk, you are not going to keep up with how fast they can read. So talk to the audience, not to the slides. And the best way to prevent yourself from doing this is not to write things on the slides that you could read. So there's a number of different rules for this, and I've heard many over the years. There's the I've heard the five by five rule, the six by six rule, the seven by seven rule, the eight by eight rule. Um, I would go for the six by six or the seven by seven rule. What those rules say, you can use any variation of them. They're all pretty much focused on the same thing, which is um, it's how many lines and how many words per line. So if you use the seven by seven rule, what that's saying is you should put no more than seven lines of text on any one slide, and each slide should have no more than seven words. 
uh, or each line if I said slide there. So uh, at maximum seven lines and maximum seven words per line. So you would have at most, if you <laughs> are doing math, 49 words on a slide. Even that's a little bit, uh, even that's a little bit much. So, you know, I, I even try to go for the six by six rule if I can. And the key of that, of course, is one is it's a lot easier for the audience to follow along um, because if you're using just those few words, you're going to have larger font size. The audience is going to be able to see what it is that you're presenting up there. And it also prevents you as a presenter from reading to the audience. Because if you're really truly using the six by six rule, you can't put multiple paragraphs up there. You can only put short phrases or short reminders of what it is that you're going to say to the audience. And that's key. Because you shouldn't be reading, what you should be using a PowerPoint or any visual for is as a reminder to you on what it is you want to say next. So if there's a short phrase up there, that's the reminder of where to go next. You can absolutely use a PowerPoint slide to prompt you on where you're going to go next. And then you expand upon that as the presenter. Now, if you really want to get fancy with it, and those of you who have really nice presentation rooms in your organizations, um, some presentation rooms will even have a, uh, a slide, a PowerPoint uh, or a video monitor that is in front of the speaker. So if the speaker's facing the room, the PowerPoint monitor will be at the back of the um, room so the speaker can actually look at their own monitor, which is very nice if you have that uh, functionality. But, um, but if you don't, uh, you know what? You should be able to utilize connecting with the audience well just by using that seven by seven rule or again, six by six rule. The key is to not put up something on the slides that you could read. You should know your slides well enough that just by looking at something on the slide or seeing that bullet point that it will prompt you for the next thing that you want to say. Now, the next uh, piece of advice I have for you in using PowerPoint or again, really any visual aid is to feature images rather than text. So there's a whole bunch of different ways to do this, but the, uh, the prevailing default setting of most people out there who give presentations is to pull up a PowerPoint and start bullet pointing all of the things that they're going to say, and then to occasionally throw in an image or something that uh, speaks to what they're going to communicate. I would actually challenge you to flip the tables on that and do the exact opposite is that you should be focusing on using images and graphics and just some occasional text. The images are going to speak much louder than the actual text would. And we are all tend to be visual beings. Uh, case in point, think about what you had for breakfast this morning. No, seriously, take a second just to think about it. What did you have for breakfast this morning? Okay, you got it? Okay, good. Now let's say that you had a... Uh, what you say you had a, a bowl of cereal. Now, um, probably when you thought of what you had for breakfast, that bowl of cereal, you did not think of the letters B O W L and C E R E A L. I think that's how you spell cereal. <laughs> the spelling was never one of my strong points. Okay. What you probably thought about is you pictured the bowl of cereal, you pictured the milk and the cereal in your mind, and you pictured what it looked like. That's how most of us work. We think in visual images first. And then we forget about it when we're designing PowerPoint slides. The audience thinks the same way. So if we can show an image rather than just writing out text on a slide, that is going to help us to get our message across. You know, they always say a picture's worth a thousand words. It's an old cliche, but it's true. Uh, 
it, the message is going to come across if the picture really conveys that message. Uh, you know, someone who was just a great, great example of this and unfortunately is no longer with us is Steve Jobs. Uh, Steve Jobs was great at this. Um, and whether you're an Apple fan or not, and you whether you use a Mac or a PC out there, um, if you've never watched Steve Jobs give the presentation to uh, introduce the iPhone from five or six years ago, you have to watch it. Not Whether you use an iPhone or not or like Apple's products or not, you have to watch the presentation just to see how Steve Jobs uses images on a PowerPoint to convey a message and not text. And in fact, I think it's such a powerful presentation. I've put a link to it in the show notes for this episode. So there's going to be a whole bunch of resources for you in these show notes. So definitely check it out. And I would encourage you, just watch the first five or 10 minutes of him introducing the iPhone for the first time to the world. And you'll see how he uses images to convey a message. And he was, and in many circles still is believed to be one of the most powerful presenters out there, and especially a powerful presenter of using um, of course, for the Apple folks, it's Keynote, not PowerPoint. So before you send me emails, I do know it's Keynote and not PowerPoint. Uh, but whatever software you're using, boy, he was the master at doing that. So I really encourage you to go look at how he used images. And then I'd encourage you to do the same thing, is to think of what are the images that are going to tell a visual story to your audience about what you're trying to convey, and not just uh, list out bullet points. Nobody likes to see slides of tons of bullet points. Even if you're using the six by six rule is use that, but limit it. Get the images out there. It will make a very powerful connection to the audience. And then of course you want to use colors and themes that match the message. Um, I was, uh, I've seen so many uh, <laughs> uh, good examples of this over the years, and then I've also seen many, many poor examples. And I was, uh, it was probably six or seven years ago, I was sitting in a classroom, and I was watching a presentation from uh, someone else that I was in school with, and they were presenting on, I think it was something like the McCain-Feingold Act, uh, which is a legislation here in the U.S. that passed around, uh, uh, well, I don't remember all the details of it, but uh, anyway, it was... Uh, so they had this presentation that was built all around that. And the theme they were using, the colors on the PowerPoint slides, it had this beautiful um, moonscape on it. It was a, a, a moon and it had stars in the background. It had kind of like this ocean uh, view and, uh, and, and it was at night. So with little stars all over the screens and it was a beautiful picture. And, uh, and then they had laid on top of it this McCain-Feingold legislation and it was the most jarring thing I think I've ever seen. You have this beautiful moonscape kind of um, dream setting picture and then legislation from Congress tied on top of it. And it couldn't have been more jarring. Uh, both in and of themselves separate looked fine. But when they put the two together, it really sent a very confusing message. Um be careful about what kind of themes and colors you're using. Um, the, you know, the great thing about using something like PowerPoint is Microsoft Office has these wonderful free templates that you can use uh, for wonderful different themes. So if you go to the template website on Microsoft Office, in fact, I'll put a link to that also in the show notes. There's tons of free themes you can download. And uh, 
Follow their advice, by the way. They have all kinds of different categories. They have categories for if you're doing business things, personal things. So go in there and take a look at which slides and themes are going to be most appropriate for the audience you're connecting with. Think about your audience, not you, not what theme you think is cool (laughs) or has the neat colors, but what is your audience going to expect? Are you presenting to a uh, corporate board or are you presenting to um, are you presenting to a, uh, a group of four-year-olds? You're going to have a much different theme of how your presentation looks than if, between those two audiences and everything in between. So choose the right theme. And with colors, use good contrast. Uh, this is a common mistake I see too, is uh, folks will use really light colors, like light font, a yellow or green even, on a white background. And that does show up when you are using it just at your computer on your desktop or you're using your laptop. You can see that. The problem is, is that colors wash out as soon as you get them onto a LCD projector and a large screen. And particularly things like yellow or very light blues or very light greens. If you're using that with a white background, it's just not going to show up and your audience isn't going to be able to see it particularly if your audience is older and doesn't have the best eyesight anymore, they're never going to see anything that you're presenting up there. So it's really important to use good contrast. Uh, If you're using a light background and a light theme, you should be using blues and blacks for your font color. That will make good contrast. If you're using a dark background, like a a brown or a black background, then you should be using really light font colors. Uh, White is great. Very light blue is good. Uh, light green, depending on the the theme and the situation. So think about color, think about using contrast, and then you want to be able to match the general look and brightness of your presentation with the room around you. So for example, if you're presenting in a very light, bright room, as many rooms tend to be, then you want to have a nice light, bright slide set. So have a, use a white background or a light background and darker font if you're using if you're going to be in a darker room and you're presenting in a dark room or a dark conference hall or conference room then you want to use darker slides and darker backgrounds and uh, those of you who've ever seen the, one of the Steve Jobs presentations they always tend to present in pretty dark rooms so they always have darker slide backgrounds and the reason for this is you want to match the environment around you and the best example i can use of that is if you've ever flown on a plane commercially then um, and if you've ever flown at night you probably notice that when you leave the gate, they you know they have the cabin lights on when you're loading on the airplane. And then right before you take off, did you notice they always turn off the cabin lights at night in an airplane? And then once you get up into the air, they turn back on the cabin lights so you can walk around and get around. And then before you land at night, they also, again, turn off the cabin lights and uh, have darkness while you're landing. Now, the reason that they do all those things is for safety. Because if you should need to exit the aircraft on takeoff in an emergency, or if you need to exit the aircraft after landing in an emergency, they want the inside of the plane to be dark, as well as the outside of the plane at night. Because if you need to use the emergency slides unexpectedly, your eyes are already matched to the environment around you. Well, you want to do the same thing with your presentations. If the environment is light and bright around you, you want to use light and bright slides. If the environment's dark, use dark slides. You're keeping, you're matching the environment that the audience is already comfortable with. 
And then uh, a couple of more quick tips on using PowerPoint well and not abusing it is keep your animations consistent. If you are going to use animations and you're going to have slides kind of fly in and fly out, um, try to keep that pretty low key. So just have the slide come in from the left or come in from the right or whatever you do, but keep it consistent. Once you have one slide fly in from the left, have every slide fly in from the left. Uh, don't change it up. And I've seen this happen so many times where um, folks will have like one slide fly in on the left and the next one will fly in from the right and then one will come in and like kind of pixelate and explode and then one of them will transition and you'll see you'll hear like the PowerPoint ah you know clapping in the background that's kind of built into it and uh, and here's the thing people enjoy that they like it they laugh and in many cases, at the end of the presentation, they'll see people who have watched all the animations will come up to the presenter. Oh, that was really great. I loved how you just changed up the animations and it was cool and it was fun. And, uh, and you know, you had this thing fly in and I saw the little animations fly out. And, you know, unfortunately, presenters get the wrong message that the audience really benefited from that. Here's the thing is most of the time the audience was just happy not to be bored by a typical PowerPoint presentation and they loved the animations, but you know what they were watching? They were watching the animations. They weren't watching the content of the presentation. And I've seen this again and again, especially when there's multiple presentations in a row that are all poor. Uh, the person who puts in some fun animations and slides and all that and, and, and noises and, and, uh, and uh, ringtones and whatever, um, they end up getting kind of all the attention, but they got the attention for all the wrong reasons because they used all the kind of bells and whistles, but it wasn't because their presentation content was necessarily the best. You don't want to be remembered because your screen pixelated a certain way. You want to be remembered because you had the best message. That's why you want to be in front of a group. That's why you want to make sure that the PowerPoint doesn't become the message. So keep your animations consistent. Don't use all that crazy stuff and just keep it consistent, keep it going the same way throughout the presentation. Let the message speak for itself and not the PowerPoint slides. Now, a couple of other just quick tips is, um, you know, do a dry run. If it's a big, important presentation, go to the place, if you can, you can't always do this, but go to the place you're gonna actually give the presentation, try out the computer, try out the screen. Um, and you know what? It, no amount of presentation though is gonna is going to uh, keep you from having those occasional technological blunders. And I've been to too many presentations where I've been at conferences or meetings or uh, industry groups, and someone gives up, just like I was mentioning at the in in intro, and they're trying to start using their, their PowerPoint, their tools, and um, something breaks. The computer won't work. The uh, slide projector won't talk to the laptop. The uh, wireless presenter won't work, whatever. And they spend 10 or 12 minutes trying to get it to work. You know what? If it fails, be done with it. Uh, start your presentation. If the slides don't show up, you know what? They didn't show up. And the again, the best PowerPoint's one you don't need. So go into your presentation, keep going, have someone else work on trying to get the slides up and running if they have available, but get onto the message. You don't want to start your presentation by spending 10 minutes wasting the audience's time fiddling with stuff. And then finally, just a couple of little tips when you're using PowerPoint. I'm not sure if this is true for Keynote, for those of you who are Mac fans, and I'm actually a Mac fan too. And uh, I actually, uh, you know, I really like Keynote. It does some wonderful things. But uh, 
the reason I don't use it is just because all of my clients use PowerPoint. So anytime I go somewhere, they don't have Keynote installed on their computers. So um, by default, I just tend to use PowerPoint because it's the uh, it's the tool of choice. Uh, love it or hate it, it's what everyone uses. So I do use PowerPoint most of the time. And one of the nice things about PowerPoint is when you're in PowerPoint show, so when you're actually on the screen and you're running your, your show, um, you know, if you have a point in your presentation where the PowerPoint slides aren't necessary anymore, you want the audience to really focus on you, one of the great things you can do is go over to the keyboard and just hit the B button, B as in boy, and it will blank out the screen. And so your slideshow will still be going, but it'll just blank out the screen in black so you can talk to the audience, have a conversation, and then if you hit B again, it'll come right back to where you were on your slides. Um, w, by the way, does that. It whites it out. So W whites it out, so you can just toggle with a W as well, too. Uh, also, if you're in PowerPoint show, you can also uh, use the number key and hit Enter to bring you to a particular slide. So for example, um, rather than trying to fish around your presentation, anytime anyone asks a question about a particular slide, Rather than having to get out of PowerPoint show or go back 20 slides or you know use the mouse, try to go click on the slide and then go back into PowerPoint show, particularly if there's a slide, you know people are going to have a lot of questions about throughout the presentation. Let's say that's slide number 10. Um, if I'm in PowerPoint show, if I want to go back to slide 10, I just type in 1, 0, and enter on the keyboard when I'm presenting, and it will take me right back to slide number 10. So that's a great way to jump around during the presentation when you're responding to questions or you want to go back to a slide. Now, you have to know your slides well, and so have your slide numbers in front of you on a piece of paper, but that's a great way to navigate around and ensure that you can look very professional in front of the audience. And then finally, last tip is if you are using PowerPoint to give a presentation and you are using one of those wireless presenters, which are the remotes that you hold in your hand, they're called wireless presenters, um, if you're giving a big important presentation, have practice using the wireless presenter first. And if you've never used the one in the room where you're presenting at or the location you're presenting at, um, use that one first uh, you know, a few times before you do it in front of the main presentation. And the reason is, is because they're all different. Um, I've seen so many people struggle with them over the years and who have had wonderful presentations prepared, but then they don't really know how to use the wireless presenter. So they hit forward when they should hit back or they advance 10 slides when they should have advanced one. So get comfortable with that. Use it. Um, I use a Logitech one, which I love because I can actually take it and plug it into any computer. So I almost always use my own, even if I'm at a client location where they have a uh, you know, their own presenter. I'll take mine and I'll, it's got a little antenna on it. I can just plug it into any computer. I'll put a link to that on the show notes as well as the version I use because I think they're great. But if you're not comfortable using them, don't use it for the first time when you're giving the most important presentation of your life. Just use the keyboard. Uh, it won't fail you and you won't run into trouble with it because you want to be comfortable with whatever it is you're using to present. So, hey, there you go. There's a bunch of tips on how to stop abusing PowerPoint. I know that was a lot of information in just about 30 minutes here, but I hope you found something of value there. And what I'd encourage you to do is at least take one of these ideas and put it into practice in the next presentation you're giving. And uh, if you find success with it, and I hope you do, uh, put, in, put a note up on our comment board on the show notes here, and you'll be able to engage in the conversation with us and let us know what worked. Now, this is the point in the show where I like to jump into some community news and feedback. And again, you can always reach out to me with comments or questions um, on our website, coachingforleaders.com. And uh, that's the best place to connect with me and with the community of folks who listen to the show. Our listener hotline, again, is 949-38-LEARN. And of course, our email address, feedback 
at coachingforleaders.com. I did want to mention briefly before letting you go this week, what we're going to be doing next, because I mentioned this is the last episode in our presenting and speaking series. Going forward, the, a, a good chunk of the next, the rest of the summer here, at least it's summer here in the U.S., is going to be how to lead people with different personality preferences. And so um, the next step, uh, probably about six or seven episodes, I'm going to take this thing we call personality types and looking at all the different personality preferences that all of us have and how do you lead and engage and develop people who have a different personality type and different personality preferences than you do as a leader. That is not the easiest thing to do because for most of us, we tend to default to leading people the way we would want to be led and communicating with people the way we want to be communicated with. And guess what? Not everybody has the same preferences that we do as leaders. And if you are a leader, chances are um, some, if not many of the people you're leading have different personality preferences than you do. And so we're going to be using a framework which has become very popular. In fact, it's the most widely used personality uh, indicator in the world. It's called the Myers-Briggs Type Indicator, or MBTI for short. And we're going to walk through some of that framework in the coming weeks. And I'm going to be have some guests joining us and talking about uh, different ways to look at personality type. And, uh, you know, MBTI is not perfect. Uh, there's lots of different assessments out there. I'll talk about some of the good things about it, some of the disadvantages. Um, but it's also one of the most popular that's used. And many people have heard the different personality types and uh, usages of that instrument over the years. So we'll take a look at that just as a framework for our discussion. And I think that it'll be very helpful for you as a leader and how you can uh, really engage and develop others by thinking about how their people's personality preferences may be different than yours. So if you have things that you'd like me to talk about or things you'd like me to include on the upcoming series, by all means, get on our website at coachingforleaders.com and uh, send me a message, uh, drop a line on the comments for the show, and I would love to include your comments and feedback in the upcoming shows as well. I wanted to say thank you to Pete Serrato, Andrew Monahan, and I think Nicholas, so I can't read his last name on the Facebook page here, um, but thank you to the three of you for becoming fans on Coaching for Leaders on Facebook. Also, a huge thank you to Michael Wagner for writing a very kind review on iTunes. Hey, if this show has been beneficial to you, would you type in coachingforleaders.com forward slash iTunes if you're an iTunes user and write us a review? I would love to read it and it will help me to reach more folks out there who want to engage and develop others. Hey, the link to the show notes here are on our website at coachingforleaders.com. This is episode number 41. And this show airs every Monday. Hey, wherever you are in the world, whatever is on your agenda today, take one idea from this show to engage and develop someone you lead. Have a great week, everybody.